Hello and welcome to the Derby Uni Footy Journos podcast. I'm here with Ollie Spencer, Tom Olsen, Juliet Nottingham. My name's Alfie Dickin, and we're going to be doing a roundup of game week two and three of the Women's Euro. <laughs> okay, so we begin at Group A, in which England have won that group. Um, what do we think about England? The last time we spoke to you, we said that Norway was going to be a particularly tough test for them. That that was true, wasn't it, Tom? Uh not really. Um, a big 8-0 win, uh, I think, kind of set the tempo for their next game after that as well and really showed everyone that this team is not a team to mess with. They've come here with a real goal-scoring threat and I think that showed in both the last two games. And, yeah, Beth Mead on fire. I think she's top goal-scorer now, scored in all three group stage games as well. So, and off the bench as well, England's threat just looks unreal. So, Defo up there with a team to look out for. So Serena Wiegmann's Netherlands in 2017 scored 13 goals on their way to winning the entire tournament. England at the end of the group stage have scored 14. Uh, what do we think about that, Juliet? I think, um, I mean, the group, let's be honest, wasn't exactly a group of death, I think. In hindsight, Norway, really bad. Really Weirdly bad. bad. Oddly bad. Yeah. Um, and... Um, but yeah, I didn't actually watch the Northern Ireland game, but I saw clips of the goals. Um, lovely. Yeah, I was also busy at the time, uh, but they put Russo's goal to? on there. I was doing another game because it's oh. the third game of the group. <laughs> <laughs> they all play Journalism at the same stuff. time. <laughs> yeah, I was doing my job. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so having not seen that, but sort of looking at the result Did going, yeah, that game? feels about right. Yeah, Tom watched that. I did indeed. <laughs> How um, was it? Good. It took England a while to get going. I think they've, the foot, well, especially against Austria as well, bit of a slow start to get going. But come 40 minutes, uh, come, I think, don't quote me on this, could have been Beth Mead open the scoring, can't quite remember. Um, but then they just ran right after that. Alicia Russo came on at half time, almost got a hat trick, got two goals, but too fair, probably should have got a hat trick. And one um, of them goals was. Frank Amazing, Kirby so. Frank Kirby opened the scoring thank you there thank you that's that's that that man. Um, but yeah great turn from her for that first goal yeah um, I think that opens up the question because she came on for Ellen White half time who hadn't really made much of a much of an impact who do you start in the quarter final Russo or White or both I think Serena Vigman tends to stick with a team so I'd expect White to start anyway but she wasn't very well not not very good but she wasn't very effective against Austria there were a few chances she could have taken headers which are a staple it seems at this tournament that she was unable to take advantage of which and you know when she brings Russo on from the bench she always seems to do something cause a bit of trouble so it's not like she hasn't earned that spot so if she started there'd be no qualms from me but then also I think she'll just start Ellen White anyway, personally. I don't know why, I just have a feeling that she'd start her anyway. Yeah, she, there, were no, there were no changes made at all in the starting 11, so all, th- all three starting 11s in the group stage were exactly the same. And I think it's hard to drop someone at Ellen White, who's the mm. record goalscorer for England women. So my Netherlands fact of 13 goals, I think I believe 13 is also another relevant number because that's the amount of players she used at that tournament oh, as really? well. So she didn't tend to make changes. So the fact that in every game she's brought on Ella Toon, Chloe Kelly and Russo 
probably says that she's more open to changing things around with this group of players. So she could possibly um, start, but maybe then the formula is actually in the second half we bring on these three great attackers and then they also blow the opponents out of the water when they're knackered after the first half. It's not a bad tactic, is it? Uh, no, when you've got that available to you. I mean, it was what people were saying pretty much from the start of the tournament was that England's squad depth was the big thing, really. Well, I think as well, potentially, could the pressure be getting to Ellen White? Obviously, one goal off Rooney's all-time top goal score for England with 53. She's got 52. Or does she wait until and get it in the final? Oh, she's she's actually secretly waiting. Yeah, exactly. So every time she's near the goal until the final, she's passing it away. She goes, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want the, my name in lights in the final and to break a record. Maybe. That's if we get to the final, though. We get, well, look, overconfidence. Overconfidence. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to have some confidence. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that because it's not like she wasn't getting in good positions. It's just... She could have scored three against Austria. She just didn't somehow. And she did score a brace against Norway, by yes, the way. Yes, that is she true. Hasn't, she hasn't it wasn't really scored. hard, was it? No. No, yeah, if you Sorry. didn't score a Sorry, brace against <laughs> Norway, it sort of feels like, what were you playing at? <laughs> like, come on, getting on the act, really. Um, so Norway, uh, obviously, are out in, in that case. And I saw Norway's second to last game I want to say was it second to last one against well, they, Austria they, they lost against no they beat Northern Ireland oh, in yes, the right, second right. day of the tournament their last game okay so I saw Norway in their last game against Austria, Austria and well they just didn't turn up for 80 minutes and at the end remembered oh if we don't win this we'll get knocked out maybe we should give it a, a bit of a go and sort of and the manager brought on another attacker and then they got a few chances but for most of the game it was utterly fruitless I mean Austria didn't look amazing but Norway just looked not at the races whatsoever and then uh, after the game obviously the questions came about uh, about um, the manager's future the manager whose name I can't pronounce um, <laughs> Martin Sjorgen we'll call him Martin we'll call him Martin let's call him Martin so <laughs> he finds out his name's actually Mark or something that would be very embarrassing uh, but yeah he, he fended off questions well the same question in four different languages and sort of worded slightly differently will you resign will you be sacked after this it's terribly disappointing why don't you resign right now and he basically said it's not my choice as to whether I leave or not and then today we learned that he resigned so it turns out it <laughs> like definitely was his choice uh, but yeah very poor um, I also gather they didn't do too well last time out under him as well so there was a lot of pressure there that was sort of bubbling away that I wasn't quite aware of and uh, yeah the Norwegian press went for him pretty much well maybe maybe the pressure yeah like you said the pressure might have got to them because they were I swear they were like up there with being one of the close contenders for mm. uh, at least making the final yeah look at that um, forward line and tell me you don't think that you can do something with that but apparently not yeah, yeah. in in Anna Hegerberg um, Adder <laughs> Ada had sorry, yeah. Ada, Ada Ada Hege- I think Ada, it's Ada because that's what Lucy yeah, Brown said. Yeah, I meant to say Ada. Yeah. yeah, in Ada Hegerberg and Caroline Graham Hansen. Caroline Graham Hansen yeah. and Wrighton, they've got three of the best attackers in the world. So it's definitely a sort of subpar performance in this tournament. Um, hence the resignation of the manager. Um, but talk about Austria for a little bit. So they obviously that that winning against Norway was huge for them. Mm. They came into the tournament probably thinking 
realistically they're not going to get beyond finish above England or Norway but that 1-0 win saw them through to the knockouts um, playing Germany now who, who are the only other team uh, to, to, to win all three group games and also yet to concede uh, along with England and um, did you see anyone see the Austrian um, post-match celebrations in the I, press I, I was there you were there yeah in oh, Brighton so in. the the mix zone was on one side and all the players were in there just finishing it off and then there's a big glass door which you can see the press conference in I was in the press conference and just saw all the players leaving the mix zone and they went round this other route round the back and I could hear banging on another door on the other side of the press conference then someone like this music was sort of slowly getting a bit louder and then someone burst through this wooden door with a wet floor sign <laughs> and Classic. was like waving it in the air going mad and yeah they sort of did a few laps of the press conference room and then just just left again with music blaring it was very bizarre i wasn't quite expecting it. no I think champagne else was, not quite not Ooh. quite no one throwing a bucket of champagne over the manager's head or any of that stuff but uh yeah they they did a few laps and a few sort of yeah wanderings around and was it austrian music um, it was a mix. I so they had a playlist. So, yeah, so there were like <laughs> two songs that happened. <laughs> so one of them is, uh, when asked afterwards, one of the players said, our song is an Austrian song, which is very yeah. helpful for someone who wants to actually find out what you the song is. You should have it in the press. That is true, but I was too Next busy time. trying to record it unsuccessfully <laughs> as well so I couldn't Shazam but one of them's an Austrian song and then I think ABBA may feature oh, which you know of course they do uh, if Austria come up against Sweden I'd be oh, wow. quite interested to see how those well, celebrations it's, it's go better than Sweet Caroline I suppose isn't it? yeah also the player players basically said afterwards sort of all in a row in a load of different mix zone interviews that when we do that it's not to offend anyone else we just we just like having fun basically. Is there which, complaints yeah. about them then from other? Uh, no, but I, I presume they're sort of preempting complaints because Norway were knocked out and they were all, all the their players were wandering around this mix zone, going like all looking a bit depressed about life, and then an Austrian wanders by with a sign going, "Yeah, this is the best <laughs> day of my life." You're gonna go, well, that's a bit annoying. Well, they did that in the second game, didn't they? I forget when they beat Northern Ireland. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe they mention it then as well because it, it's, yeah. they've, only, they, they've won their first game in the group and they're getting crazy. It's like, don't get a tea So it's now a thing, I yeah. guess, as well. I mean, when do you stop doing that? Well, I'm like, assuming they won't do it if they lose in the quarterfinals. Yeah. That'd well, be a bit weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> Unless I they think, play, like, sad I think songs. double down. Yeah. <laughs> they all just <laughs> kind of get slumping. Get Dale and, like, Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> on. Walk in. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> so moving the uh, sign a bit more like swaying Wait, from yeah. side to side and all a bit sad and concerty but yeah it's uh, it's I an interesting that. feature to have to go so hard so soon on the celebrating halfway through a group stage is quite remarkable as well but look they sort of earned it because they did mm. qualify in the end uh, Northern Ireland final group bottom sadly but First one. Are, <laughs> well, no, are we shocked? For for them, no. for them, it's not not what they actually. They probably would have hoped That's they a, could to be in the competition. I think they're yeah. very proud of. So, as a sort of hypothesis, in the previous episode, uh, me, Ollie, and Meg were chatting about Kenny Shields' approach to the whole tournament, and it is basically 
Well, we're not good enough to actually qualify, so let's put the cat amongst the pigeons and just sort of say stuff that put might get in, yeah, that might get into other people's heads. So didn't you compare it to he, to the Stoke approach under Pulis? Yeah, I said I oh, quite God. love that approach because as a Stoke fan, it sort of excites me the idea that you're so bad that you just cause trouble. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work, and uh, no, no, I uh, Northern it... Ireland, <laughs> Norway, Northern Ireland didn't end up sticking around. Which but yeah. they can still be proud, though, right? Well, yeah, because it's the first ever sort of major tournament they've got to. Um, most of, most of the players in that team are semi-pro. Mm. I think it's yeah. only Rachel Furness for Liverpool, and then someone else. I can't yeah, there's really a lot of players who really just yeah. started training properly like a pro would, like two months before the tournament, because in prep for it. The manager was saying afterwards that a load of them are going to have to go back to their part-time jobs now, and mm. it's all a bit of a. If you're one of them, it's a bit of an odd one, having going from playing at the women's Euros back to I don't know, like Lucy Bronze working at Pizza Express or Pizza Express, wherever it was, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. <laughs> serve you in Pizza Hut and go. I thought I saw you running, running right down right a wing. <laughs> Very strange. Although there's, there, I wouldn't say celebrations against uh, after the game against England. They all went the away end mm. of St Mary's. The videos look quite cool. It was a bit weird because they just lost five 0 But I'm glad they're enjoying themselves. But again, you well, you got to because they came into it with about to go back to sort of low enough expectations of success, and they've sort of. Well, I wouldn't say they've sort of embarrassed themselves. I mean, if you look right. at Norway, Norway they have embarrassed themselves. yeah. <laughs> Whereas Northern Ireland, the team who you go, well, they're just going to finish bottom anyway. And they scored a goal. That yeah, is true. And that's what that I can, is that's true. What can, <laughs> they scored a goal. Tom doesn't look that impressed with that. Just that no, yeah. No, genuinely, they just Give them a little round of applause. Pat on the Two-fingered clap for that, yeah. But you lost. But yeah, it turns out Kenny's tactics didn't quite work because no amount of mind games is going to get into, you know... Norway or England it doesn't seem I'm going to miss him who Kenny well yeah. he has said that if England don't win the get, uh, win the whole tournament it's a failure from them so. yeah but he said that Norway would be the hardest test England would possibly have and so do you think <laughs> it would be a failure if England didn't win uh, in a way well less a failure and more a, a massive disappointment because if you have this tournament that's like well football is here women's football is here this is what it is now and then you don't win the tournament then it just feels a bit flat so imagine if they got knocked out in the quarters what a rubbish yeah, summer it would then think, seem yeah, I think England have to at least make the final yeah no pressure yeah, but I, th- I think they play like they don't have any pressure on them anyway, most there's, of the time. There's a couple good, like, yeah. say say Germany. They play Germany in the final. I think that's a toss-up because there's like there's a lot of good teams still in the yeah. competition as well as England. So, you so can't it would be say a failure if they didn't win the whole thing. It would just be wildly disappointing, mm. I think. Um, you mentioned Germany there. Should we move on to Group B? Yeah. Germany, yes. like I said earlier, they, they, they topped that group and the only other team to win all three games. Look really, really strong. Um, in the second round they had a 2-0 victory over Spain which I was at a Brentford Stadium to go and see where they looked very clinical um, they only had 30, 30% of the ball but <clears throat> they really impressed went in sort of in, in transition mm. and, they, and they took the chances yeah they're and like then, a machine moving forward aren't they it's yeah. not it's not particularly exciting in a sort of oh my god live wire way I didn't think when I saw them in the third group game it just, they just got the job done in a way that was quite 
daunting if you've seen And also it. they're really high pressing teams, really mm. sort of high intensity. I don't know, I th- I, th- I find them quite quite fun to watch. Or at least I did and that game went went so I didn't I didn't see their three 0 win over Finland, did you? Yes. it was comprehensive. Um in that it just looked like it wasn't that big a deal, really. Like Finland had I don't know whether it was that Finland didn't turn up particularly, but basically their only strategy was to throw it over the top to which Germany just sort of quashed it at every turn and then would just turn around and then immediately sort of swing a few balls in. They just looked far da- more dangerous, uh, but not in a sort of... I don't really know how to explain it because it wasn't that it wasn't exciting. It's just with England when you're watching them, it feels quite... Swashbuckling, dare I yeah, say? Yeah, that's a, that's a good... Word, you dare say that, and I say it was probably a good choice. Well, that's what um, pirates are, swashbuckling. Quite, it's quite brave, swashbuckling, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Whereas Germany, you just feel quite, and it feels quite stereotypical to say, well, Germany just went in there like a machine and did a yeah. job, which feels lazy, but ultimately felt like the truth to me. And Tom and I went to uh, Germany press conference uh, last Thursday. Great experience, wasn't it, Tom? Because we were the only two English people there, and there was a small, there was a man in a glass booth. It was our own little personal personal translator. translator. <laughs> yeah. He did a great job, I thought. Great job, really impressed. Had a little chat with him afterwards, saying how how he enjoys, or him and his his mate enjoys driving around London, which I couldn't get my head around because personally, I think it's an absolute nightmare. But hey, maybe that's that's what they were. That's what the Germans like, I guess. Driving on the wrong side of the road as well for them. So maybe they like. I the hope he's not doing that in London. Driving on the wrong <laughs> no, side. No, I see. Of <laughs> for them, yes. we drive on the. Yeah, I, yeah. See. I see. <laughs> I love causing ten car pileups in the centre of London. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he was very helpful to you. He, he really was. Uh, Alexandra Pop as well, of course, joins Beth Mead yeah. in becoming. What a name, by the way. I suppose in the, she, she is, is popping off lovely. this tournament. Thank you. She lovely, is. lovely. It had <laughs> to be done. I'll leave. I'll leave. You <laughs> went there, and I actually quite enjoyed it. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah, she joins. <laughs> she joins Beth Mead in becoming uh, the first player to score in all three group games. Uh, I don't know whether it's fair to say the second player because technically it happened after when actually they both only had three games to play and both scored in them. So they're sort of equal the other. on that. Yeah, the other. Yeah. So good. good. <laughs> so the first Euros as well. Which Is I it? Passed. Yeah, she's 31, oh, but wow. I think she missed out through injury and wow. something else with the, the other two. Oh, making up for lost time there. Yeah. Exactly. Well. But it might be a last as well because she's 31. That is true. So going out with a... Oh. <laughs> Why is it alright when he says it and not me? I'm so sorry, that was awful. <laughs> Let's move on quite soon. So as, as Germany beat Spain um, in that second round of fixtures, Denmark beat Finland, which mm-hmm. which then sort of teed up and uh, going to the last round, basically meaning that whoever won... Um, that Denmark-Spain game was going to be facing England, England in the quarters and uh, as it happened in the 90th minute Marta Cardona scored a, a late winner um, meaning Denmark finished third and, and like Norway you could argue that they're another sort of underwhelming underwhelming uh, L- tournament for the next like for them. Norway in that it's disappointing but unlike Norway in that at times they were actually thought, good yeah they looked like a team that could go through and therefore they'd be disappointed mm. whereas Norway should have been a team that should have gone through but 
were not good enough to get through. I felt sorry for Denmark in the um, in the Spain game. Any any particular reason? Like, they I thought think it was very even. Win. I don't know. When Spain scored, I was a bit like, oh, it's a bit harsh. Because I thought like Harder was having a great tournament. I would have loved to see her. Yeah, she more. scored the one goal against Finland, didn't she, in the yeah. previous round? And that whole game, I was at that one. Um, she was driving them forward every single time. She was really good to watch. Um, and I, I felt sorry for them. So there wasn't something specifically that went wrong. It was just they didn't score and then conceded. Yeah, but Spain didn't look like they were going to score for 90 minutes. No. Is that because they miss the obvious best player in the world? Alexis Boutillas. Yeah. Is that is that the main reason, or are they just they're missing Hermosa as well? That is true. They're all top goal scorer. So they, when they got, when they got to the end of the box, they were just a bit clueless, I think. Which I, I think is it bodes well for England. England. Yeah, I absolutely. felt the same thing when we went to watch them at Brentford against Germany. They like like I said, they're seventy percent of the ball, but I can I can I can hardly think of a single chance on goal they had really. They just lo- they love to cross the ball into the box, which is a bit odd considering their lack of target men in yeah. the team. Um, yeah, it, like you said, they just kind of hover around the edge of the box. They haven't got anyone who either wants to risk a shot or try and cut a pass through. They've obviously got um, Bon Matty. Mm, number six. Number six, yeah. She's like, she's brilliant. Iniesta slash Chavi-esque. I think she's she's just excellent with the ball. The way she just controls the game and just... she Without her, Spain would be struggling a lot more than they are at the moment. They've also got... a. Uh um, Mappy Leon, who's a centre back, takes takes free kicks, and takes free kicks and corners, and she's sort of quite diminutive, um, but really, really strong on the ball, and she sort of caught my eye just because it's sort of weird. interesting. And but odd. she is really good as well. Like her, her ball playing ability from at the back is exceptional. Hmm. We're in Spain's opening game. I went to uh, Stadium MK when they were playing Finland. I think, I think all of their goals or all but one of their goals was from a set piece with Finland. Well. Finland could have produced a scare at the start of this uh, start of the tournament, going up one 0 within the opening couple of minutes, and I think that just shows that they are quite vulnerable. And I feel England, especially out wide, can definitely hmm. uh, capitalise on that. Yeah, so let's all put our name to the fact that we think that Spain won't be much of an issue for England. Then that sounds Hopefully that's not. a sensible so thing. It's very me. different to what England have faced so far in this tournament. Because mm. They England have dominated the ball in, in all the games that they played. They won't do that against Spain. You'd think. And I was just speaking to Rachel Brown Finnis and uh, Go listen to that podcast episode by the way, that should be out now. Yeah, and um she was saying that uh I didn't realise this, but England after Spain are the team with the second average highest amount of possession. So it'd be interesting tomorrow night's game. Does it go fifty fifty? Well exactly both exactly. teams can't have seventy seventy percent possession, so no. it would be interesting to see if England switch up their game if they sort of um, go, move to a sort of lower block and look to a counter. Um, I think they're more flexible than Spain are. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but personal preference, I think you'd want to be on the front foot uh, on a ho- in a home tournament. In a home tournament, yes. But you look at the way Spain play, and like we we're saying, they're fairly toothless when it comes into, into the final third. And England be happy to let them have the ball, and then they can break with the pace of Mead and Hemp and Highs. Paris and um, Chloe Kelly. I think I think it could work quite well actually. That's sort of transitional play. Should we move on to Group C. Then? I'd love to. Uh, so this is a, a group that is this the group of death? Are we calling? I think the last one as well. I think, I think Spain, Germany, 
Spain, Germany, Denmark. Those people we were just talking like, about. One of those, <laughs> Denmark, that's the one. <laughs> one of those teams, Spain, Germany, Denmark, all, th- all three mm. are quite big teams, and you always, you know, one had to miss out. I think it's always be a bit of an upset. In Group C, maybe it feels more evenly matched with because obviously Finland are sort of a big mm. drop off, and mm-hmm. Switzerland and Portugal both less less so. Um, so Sweden and the Netherlands have both qualified. If you looked at this group beforehand, you would say. Yeah, they'll be the teams that are qualified. Sweden second in the world rankings, only behind the USA, and uh, you know the Netherlands, of course, won the last Euros and came second in the last World Cup, and both looked pretty strong in the group. I'd argue in the game where they both came off against each other, which was the opening game of the group, uh, they both looked strong enough to counteract each other to make the game quite hard to call as to who was the better team um so yeah what do who's seen sweden and who's been impressed by them i've seen them i think twice maybe i saw the opening i saw the uh, opening game against against netherlands and that was a really really great match up tactically really even quite open um but yeah you've seen them since yeah i think they well in the opening game they played wing backs which mm. I gather was a shock um, and I think they did really well for it uh, the Netherlands well I think their man of the uh, player of the match for the game was Miedema but not because of any attacking things she did haven't we done this already no I know I know but that, uh, yes but the point is the point is it was because of a defensive reason and that's because Sweden's attack was so strong and therefore <laughs> on the end of point so move on <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore what was the second Sweden game you saw um, I saw them play Switzerland mm. and then we saw them what Sunday all together yeah um, I guess no yeah. no that was the Netherlands Netherlands Switzerland we saw. I meant the Netherlands oh, I meant yeah, the Netherlands oh you meant the Netherlands yeah right so, oh. we've, so we've all seen Sweden once against, yeah. against yeah. Netherlands oh, I saw uh, I saw Sweden against Switzerland oh you did okay fine yeah how was that? <laughs> um, it was good. I, I thought Switzerland held their own in that game. It took until the second half. Well, the first half was absolutely terrible, um, entertainment-wise. And then was, two goals in two minutes. Yeah, uh, from both sides. Um, so uh, Sweden got the first one, and you think, OK, they're going to be comfortable now. And they weren't for the last next five minutes. And then they were again. Um, but it took a substitute in like the 78th minute, I think, to score their yeah. winner. Hannah Benenson. Everton, 19, very nice. She did pretty well when she came on. Um, but I think other than that, they were quite... As soon as they got their second goal, I think they could have gotten a few more. I think they had a one ruled out. Um, and I think they've kind of come through the group stronger than the Netherlands have. I think the Netherlands have a lot more questions mm. over them than Sweden do. For sure. Well, I think I was reading, it might have been your piece, Juliet, that you're saying they're still a transitioning side. Netherlands? Yeah. Definitely. I think... They're, they've got a weird balance of experience and youth in their team and you think of their front three even without Miedemar because of Covid they haven't really turned up at all um, <laughs> so the lights light just go, go off <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty honest in the room. <laughs> uh, I don't know who I'm offended Dutch wise yeah, is that, yeah <laughs> is that a sign is it the um, lights have gone out but their front three um, yesterday was quite not yesterday, Sunday. The front three Sunday all came off in the second half. 
Nika Martins, we've just found out, is out probably for the rest of the tournament, I believe. But she has been quite anonymous this whole tournament, which is disappointing. Um, and then they chucked the youngsters on in the second half and it, they look so much better for it, which will be interesting to see if they are more involved. Although, do you chuck them on in a quarterfinal? I don't know. But who, they, who are they facing in the quarterfinals? France. Netherlands, France. Which is oh, a big one, I, isn't it? I don't think they've got chance. Well, that, that, I think it'll be so a great game, tasty. that. Well, we'll get on to France, but I, I think it'll be an interesting game because I'm not as convinced by France as I was after their first game I sort of maybe actually Point. I should revise my <laughs> oh really what was the point that they haven't got a chance <laughs> and saying that might, actually I've been underwhelmed by both of them in equal measure so you feel that Netherlands uh, they beat Portugal 3-2 in the second round of fixtures yeah do you think that should have been more comprehensive than it actually was well I mean Sweden beat Portugal 5-0 so mm. you'd think so and end of the day they Sweden topped the group because of goal difference so I mean yeah. It could that could really uh, affect Netherlands' chance of progressing with Sweden getting a well, definitely a more favourable draw against Belgium definitely. instead of France. For sure. Do we know if Miedemar is back? Uh, no, so okay, not roughly, but I'd presume she is because there were a load of reports coming into the final game of the groups that said she'd be back for them possibly. So surely she'll be back. If yeah. Serena Wiegmann for England's back, then you'd think that. Yeah, because that's Miedemar how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, you know, is the bellwether <laughs> COVID lady. <laughs> you know, if she's fine, everyone else is perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, no, but they got. I'm assuming. I'm pretty sure they got COVID around the same time. Yeah, so exactly. But then again, I don't even if, know if Eichmann's going to be back in time because I think it's on the day mm-hmm. that she gets yeah. tested yeah. again. I think so. Jackie Gronin got COVID at the same time as Needham, and she was back for Sunday. Yeah, so you would expect that she's new enough back so fingers sort of crossed for them game. because the they did look like they missed just it. the last thing in the Netherlands because um, Sweden like we say look look, look far more cocksure than, than the Dutch do you think how much of it do you think is down to Mark Parsons his, uh, his ineffic- uh, deficiencies as a manager I think we said this before which is that the deficiency that's quite harsh yeah it, well do you not think it's like <laughs> yeah, international manager <laughs> we don't mean deficiency I think what we mean is sort of they don't look as well gelled like if you look at uh, England say for example I think they just look like they all know each other quite well on the pitch yeah, um, and if you look at Sweden and Belgium and teams like they all play in different ways but all look quite cohesive whereas at times the Netherlands didn't look quite as together as they could and individual quality I think is what got them through like Spitzer would Spitzer turn on the on style yeah. you know and stop playing these passes that would just go through gaps that it doesn't look like it's possible for the ball to go through like towards the end of a game and then turn it around but I don't think as a team unit they're quite as mm. together as they could be no, well, they've got like eight um, players that have got less than 10 international caps at senior level and then four that have got over 100 and I'm not sure it's really blending the way that they... And yeah, maybe it's not quite there yet. Also, a lot of the Netherlands players apparently, um, I was reading, have not not hyped up Mark Parsons a lot. Mm. He does He's his got training sessions in English. Is that in English, his complaint? meetings apparently go on for a long time, which they complained about and they've got since got shorter. But he's also... I don't know if there's a bit of a culture difference between he's done a lot of his work in America is very different to the entire attitude of Dutch people 
generally. Well, is that exactly. There? It couldn't be more off, yeah. is it, clearly? So I don't know if that's a, an issue as well. But I think you're right. I think individual quality of Scotland further than they would have. But I don't, I don't know how particularly far they'll get. I don't think they'll get to the final. That's well, you've already said they're about to be demolished by France, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then again, I also don't think France are that impressive. In which case, shall we move Just on about to move on, D, move then, on yeah, to France? Group D. The last group is France, Belgium, Iceland, Italy, finished in that order. Um, so you're not overly convinced by France? Uh, I, I was convinced by France when I saw them which until was it one? was against... Belgium. Belgium, yes, that's right. Uh, it was against Belgium, and they looked like just so threatening for most of the game. And then at the end, Wendy Reynard did something. I can't say what exactly happened. That's not really ideal. Because, podcast. <laughs> because it was just the worst penalty. It's so hard to describe. It oh, was the worst penalty I've really. ever it's seen. It's quite easy to describe. So well, she, she messed it up. Penalty was weak. The keeper gets the right way, but rebounded back out to her, and then she sliced the rebound mindlessly. With an I, open goal, very close. In. I have no idea how it it's happened. Off balance, what, so unfair, what I'm trying to say is, I have no idea how it happened. How it didn't but, go in. Yeah, <laughs> because it just seemed like such a bizarre thing. Because France were just great all game and on top and just like pretty strong and then suddenly they sort of went into the shell a bit after that for the last sort of five minutes or was, however long it was was that the game that Kototo came yeah, off she injured came off injured and now she's out for the rest of the tournament ACL which, injury yeah which may be a bit of a problem but then her replacement looked equally as capable Saw did so you know it's just she's not the starlet of the side which obviously Kototo is Mm. Um, I think the French attack looks very promising. Yeah, uh, I forget the names. Cascarino was very good. It's and it's uh, Diana as well. Diana and she Cascarino. looks brilliant as well. She's rapid, and they all know. They all can work down the wing, get past their player, got good good dribbling skills, and then, like you were saying, the Saar woman, she. <laughs> goal scorer. She Stop can. The goal in it. Saar woman. <laughs> the woman called Saar. Uh, she knows how to put it in the back of net, unlike some strikers we've seen in the tournament so far. So, I think, yeah. And also, um, I forget her name, number eight, got a hat-trick in the opening game. Grace Guerrero. Yeah, she yeah. looks she looked brilliant in the opening game. Have you seen France, then? Um, not in... I haven't been to a game. I've watched them on the telly. Actually, I did watch most of the game uh, yesterday against Iceland. Iceland, one all. Um, they were not convincing, I didn't think. I was a bit disappointed by them. I get in context they've through they've done their job mm. um, but I thought I thought they were a bit poor yeah so I was also not convinced against uh, by them against Iceland which makes me think it was sort of a for me watching them they looked impressive against Belgium and then at the end it all fell away and then that sort of falling away carried on against Iceland a bit and like they just with Norway yeah exactly it just sort of carries on so right. I don't I don't know. I don't but know how Iceland much had a lot are. more to play for in that game. So that is true. And it didn't work for them, unfortunately. True. Shout out to Iceland. Unbeaten in the group and still didn't qualify. Yeah, for the first time in tournament history. Harsh, isn't it? Bless really them. harsh, because we, we saw them against, <clears throat> against Belgium, Belgium. And they looked really impressive that day. And then they played again. Against <laughs> yeah, another the, one of the teams. As do all the teams. Against they Italy. All, they all play each other, yeah. It's just relentless. <laughs> it's, it's too many games to keep up with, yeah. Crikey. 
Yeah, I, th- I thought Iceland did really good in all three games actually, and yeah, really lucky, really lucky to to come third in the group with Belgium getting getting their their second their second half goal against Italy last night. <laughs> you watched that game, didn't you? Sadly, I did. Yes, hmm. we were. Yeah. I had to do doing the ratings for the Guardian, and well, let's just say. <laughs> Oh, Let's okay. just say there were more sixes than there were any other thing. Yeah, any was, other numbers. It's a bit average. It really was. I mean, second half. To be fair to Italy, they stepped up and they probably they really should have scored. The amount of chances they had and were piling it on in Belgium. But I guess credit to the goalkeeper and the Belgian defence for staying strong and keeping Italy out. But would you say Italy were a bit unlucky? Because my sister was at the game and she was quite close to the dugouts and she kept texting me like updates, being like, "Actually, Italy manager's really aggy tonight." I was like, well, she was wearing a suit in the heat, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> well, I suppose maybe Armani has paid her enough money to want to How die of heat stroke. <laughs> in How Manchester. much money would you accept <laughs> to wear a suit in forty degree heat? It's What's a beautiful price? suit, but probably oh, not enough. I can't deal I with this know. room. No, yeah. and right now I'm in a t-shirt and shorts, so, you know, yeah, a, a bit bizarre, so maybe that's why she's aggy, but then also... A bit frustrating for them, because yeah, I, I think they, they didn't play badly, I don't think, in any of their games. No, like I say, at the end, they really ramped it up, I think momentum thoroughly swung there at the end of that game. I think that's pretty similar to the game against France, even though it was 5-1, the second half, they probably stepped it up and they got the goal and looked like they could have got more, but yeah, I think, I guess... First half just ruined it for Italy in the end. I do wonder if complacency could be could be an issue for France this tournament. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of Netherlands. there's a lot of drama again with the French manager, isn't there? Yeah, we've keeping out all the stars of the team and bringing in people who uh, well, younger the players who are now injured anyway, yeah. which is a bit annoying for them, I imagine. But um, yeah, it's about like we said, it's like they've sort of slid off a bit during that Iceland game, and it's whether those issues do actually surface or whether actually it's just something that people keep mentioning and it's sort of overdone that they have these issues because we've yet to see it come out properly at this tournament and maybe when the pressure ramps up even more it might but despite that they still they still easily top top the group and looks far and away the best side in that in that group yes yeah definitely the first good final was obviously tomorrow night um 8pm kickoff in Brighton's Amex Stadium, England, Spain. And then the night after is Germany, Austria in Brentford. And then in Le- at least Sports Village, it's Sweden, Belgium on Friday. And Saturday is France, Netherlands in, in Rotherham. Let's go quickly go around and say prediction for those games, Julia. Uh, back England, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> She's Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> no, you, the um, twang isn't quite there. It's not there. I need to go back to Cardiff. Next <laughs> time you see me. Um, yeah, back England. Who is the next day? I'll do it in order. Uh, Germany, Austria. As much as I'd like Austria to to win, I think Germany. Why don't we do game go round? Yeah, that'll make more game sense. Game go round because yeah. it's hard yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah, Great shout. Yeah. England, Afi. Uh, definitely England. Wow. Score. Um, 10 nil, 2 nil. Name right up. Tom? <laughs> yeah, I can't see Spain scoring against England. Just the, really? The, the lack of... It looks so toothless. The lack of attack of the, for them and the brilliance of our defence. So I'm going to go... Predicted the first game and got it right, so I'm going to go 1 nil England. I think England soak up Spain possession. I think Millie Bright heads away pretty much all the balls into the... Are you giving the exact long. prediction here? Well, why not? <laughs> And I think on the counter attack they'll they'll get two or three. 
It was nil nil last time we played in the Arnold Clark Cup. Which is why it's the famous three nil now. <laughs> the, the, the famous cup where Millie Bright won the golden boot. So I'm predicting <laughs> a Millie Bright hat trick tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <There we> go. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Germany Austria again. I think that's be quite comprehensive. Germany is so impressive. Um. Yeah. I think. I. I think we got to give credit to the Austrian defence. We saw against England mm. how well they soaked up uh, the attacks from them. So even though it, Germany have got a good well-oiled machine obviously m- majority of the players all playing for similar teams you've got pretty much half Bayern half Wolfsburg and a little Frankfurt sprinkled in between um, but yeah let, I'll say yeah two, two, I'll go one more goal up 2-0 Germany yeah I'll, I'll go the same thing yeah I think when the Finland manager Anis Sigul who's been in the game of international women's football for a while said that Germany were the best that she thought they looked for many many years therefore I take that wisdom and say that they'll win this one quite comfortably and say at least 2 0. I was going to go 2 0 as well. So I'm going to go 2 0 for everyone. Put the bets on. Everyone said 2 0. Sweden, Belgium, Tom said it earlier, I think Belgium probably the weakest team left in it now. Um, I think they only got, only got through because the other because Iceland and the other team. Maybe that's one way of looking at it. I think when they sort Belgium, of. Not. Yeah, when they sort of turned it on a bit. They did look like they could be quite good. There were a few like one twos mm. between uh, Van Havermarts and Wallace up front. Yeah. He looked quite good. Janice Kamen, she looks decent. Do you think they the... can cause a, a, a pose a threat to Sweden? Um, in that, all the other teams in all the other games, I don't think pose as much of a threat as they will to their opponents. I think they're the closest to an upset if there's going okay. to be one. Score. Uh, one nil to Sweden <laughs> after all that 1-0 <laughs> to Sweden 4-0 uh, uh, Sweden yeah I think I mean credit where credit's due first uh, quarter final for Belgium so you, fair play to them but yeah I think they're just a bit out of their depth in this one and Sweden especially let's go oh, bump it up again 3-0 Sweden I'll go 3-1 and then France Netherlands is probably the the standout like, fixture yeah. there, isn't it? I'm going to say it penalties. Oh, I like that. Ooh. I like that a lot. I, I think that. I forgot penalties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like nil nil penalties. That's what I'm saying. Oh, don't mind that. I, I haven't said who's going through because I have no idea. Because penalties, penalties will occur. <laughs> <laughs> it's penalties. Hey, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is that we all got excited at the thought of penalties, <laughs> and therefore that's fine. Hands were rubbed together. I can say. I, I, I'm going to say Netherlands or penalties. I'll, I'll go really? with you. Yeah, why not? Oh, I'm going to say because as soon as I saw France play Italy, I thought this team looks very good attacking wise. So I'm going to go France extra time two one. Oh, I was going to go France extra time as well because they dropped off in the second half. Mm. You said, and Netherlands went got better in the second half on mm. Sunday. So. so we're introducing all the possible variables here: <laughs> extra time penalties. Uh, <laughs> I forgot they all existed. Yeah, okay, I thought you now. said. I thought you thought for, uh, Netherlands were going to get battered. I did, and then I changed my mind. <laughs> now he's on penalties. This podcast has been a learning curve. For me. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, favorite favorite game you went to in the group stages? That you actually went to in person? Yeah, Either stand or response? Julia, you go first. So um, Favourite experience? Actually, probably uh, the Austria game, the last game. It's Norway. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, we were sat with the. It's one you were in the press box for, mm-hmm. which we could wave to you, which is quite fun. Um, and we were amongst some Austrian fans who were very nice. They got told to sit down the whole time, which was really annoying. Very strange. Very odd. Yeah, I saw uh, Beeler's family, the number yeah. 15 up front. She just scored and they were jumping up and down and going wild, as you would if your daughter had just scored at an international <laughs> tournament. And then some steward comes over and goes, Do you mind, do you, do you mind sitting down? Oh, well, no, that is my daughter over there. I'm going to be a bit excited. <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked the fans and their celebrations at the end were quite fun. So. I think I'd agree because I was in the press box for that one and I did like the full on the works like I did a runner and a rewrite and did the whole shebang and it was a load of fun so I'd say that game as well It's not my favourite game but it's got an honourable mention it the first opening game at Old Trafford just because of the crowd I thought that was unreal and especially for a women's game it was yeah it was very special first time at Old Trafford as well but the most my favourite game, oh, it's got to be the first game I went to, reporting-wise. Spain-Finland, plenty of goals. Um, Finland early goal, thought, oh, could have a scare. And then Spain showing their class. And, yeah, I thought that game was fun to watch and good to report on, so, yeah. Journalistically, I'd say Belgium-Iceland um, was a really good experience for Manchester. But then, actually, the game we went to on Sunday evening... The four-one Switzerland Netherlands was really good fun. Second half just came alive. Mm. Well, we were in the key for chips. Yeah, we were in the key for chips. Great times. <laughs> that was really great. Really great. Um, and be sure to listen to the two bonus episodes either coming out. Yes, so so in what within the space of two days you will be treated to two bonus episodes with experts in the field, Rachel Brown Finnis, who of course played for England on multiple occasions, and Lynn Cameron, who is the official photographer for the Lionesses during this tournament. And so there's a two treats for the years there available that should have already come out. Get the post notifications on Twitter so you don't miss it when it comes out on the dot. So you can be there first listening to it and you can post all your mates that you listen to it first exactly because <laughs> that's what everyone does right, <laughs> right like share subscribe punch that punch share that. button punch, punch, punch me <laughs> weird request Ooh. get me out of this boiler room <laughs> thank you for listening goodbye